welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey guys, welcome back to your favorite podcast, Couple, where we talk about movies and I almost die of fright at least once a week. This is Cindy with me as always is. Josh, hi, and hi. I'm here for that sweet, sweet teacher pension after, <laughs> after you die from a heart attack. Yeah, he gets the sweet debt that I have. Um, <laughs> we have been watching, uh, so this month we are watching all the Insidious movies. Last week was the first one obviously so now we're how, how did that go how did the first one go for i you? screamed so many times that my therapy dog had to like lay on top of me like a blanket it's very true it's very, he, he very, didn't very panic true. at all he just laid even like, like i don't know what's happening but you seem to be very distressed i'm just gonna lay even harder yeah 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 uh, I will I will make this month up to you next month. So now we're now we're gonna watch another one. That's now we're gonna keep the ball rolling with Insidious Two. Welcome to Insidious Chapter Two. Okay, Chapter Two. So we the first movie ends. Spoiler alert on a cliffhanger, where you learn that the father who had to go over to the Nether. No, what's it called? The further. The further. To bring his son back. Um, it's not the father who returns. The father bring the a different spirit comes back and um, is now inhabiting his body. And he kills the only person who knows. But there's photographic evidence. So, yikes. Here we go. Yeah, he kills like one of the main characters. He yep. kills Elise, mm-hmm. who's the Tangina poltergeist right. equivalent. Yep. Um, so Insidious Chapter 2 was released September 13th, 2013. Mm-hmm. What was the world of 2013 like in your world? Um, I was officially a single mom. Yeah, I was co-parenting with my boy's father and uh, their stepmother by that point. No, I think. I don't, I mean, yeah essentially <laughs> my life was a lot of that it was work family work, my family, understanding work, family is the uh the start and stop dates on some of that stuff are a little blurry yeah so <laughs> it is what it is uh that's what i was dealing with yeah i was i think that was the year i had left children's home society mm-hmm. i believe in september of that year and started or in august and left august, to go watch this movie and started at presley ridge in september so i had just started at presley Ridge. out of the frying pan into the fire oh my god you have no idea out of a uh, very frustrating job into a fucking nightmare job yeah but that's over yay those days are you know nine years behind us the world of 2013. Okay, what was going on? Uh, Barack wrote Obama. Wrote in a couple of things. So 2013, we had the Pope resigned. Remember? Oh, that's no. right. We had that one before. Scary Pope. Well, because Scary Pope, we learned he probably resigned because he was about to be, there was going to be a whole lot of pedophilia charges coming out. So he pieced out Benedict. Wasn't that him? Or is that who that we was, have now? Was Benedict. Who do we have now? Cumberbatch. Pope Cumberbatch. <laughs> Bishop Cumber of Batch. 
Um. <laughs> it's funny you should mention him because the next note on my notes is new pope. New pope. So old pope, I love new, new pope. pope. I love new pope. That's did you hear all. what he did? Um, so we're recording this during the first few days of uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Did you hear what the pope did? He, <laughs> pope apparently sneaks out a lot. Pope left Vatican, walked and walked to the Russian embassy himself in Rome and would not let anybody, like, wanted to talk to the ambassador because he had questions and he wanted to hear for himself the answers. And then suddenly I had to read about Pope Clement the 10th and the 14th century and how technically the Pope could revoke the orthodoxy and all this kind of stuff. And it was like, Oh goodness, are we about to start the crusades? What is happening? This is crazy. The Taliban is saying, Russia, calm down. Like what is happening? (laughs) What world are we living in? Uh, That is definitely more progressive than uh, the Catholic church has been previously. Whenever they essentially open hubbed Nazis and we're like, it's okay. It's okay. They gave us some art. It's very pretty. Same thing with their uh, basic just agreement and being pretty cool with everything that happened in Spain after the uh, government there was overthrown and Franco was put in place. Yeah. I'm saying don't, Look to the uh, hierarchy of the Catholic Church to be a moral compass, in my opinion. But yeah, more on that on my Catholicism is wacky podcast. That I'm <laughs> starting. In a wow. Okay. Uh, that's also the year 2013 that Snowden disclosed all that information. Oh gosh. He's in Russia. Fun fact. Yeah. Where is he now? Moscow. He is. I, last I heard. Oof. Oops. Next. And that was the year that same-sex marriage was uh, legalized, essentially, yes. in the United States. Yes, it is. So there you go. Take that, whoever just got angry about that. Eat, eat a dick. You, you might like it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have anyone that was born that year because, thank God. <laughs> but people that died that year, uh, there were some real shitty people that I'm glad are dead. But we're not going to talk about them. because only positive vibes right now. <laughs> Positive vibes. Okay, who have so, we got? People that died in 2013 that we will miss. Okay. Roger Ebert. Yeah. Jonathan Winters. James Gandolfini. Lou Reed. Paul Walker. Nelson Mandela. Peter O'Toole. And Uncle Phil, James Avery. Yeah. Some of those are hard. Also the voice of Shredder in the yes. Turtles cartoon that I grew up on. Very important person. Yeah. Uh, the new word of 2013 was bingeable. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That is a bingeable show. That is a binge worthy show. You know what's super bingeable? What? The insidious movies. <laughs> oh, no, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. Not unless I live like, I'm, I'm not unless I'm in Alaska for those like 72 hours of complete sunlight. I don't think I, I could uh, do that. There's a movie that we'll watch eventually that takes place in Alaska during. It's sundown period. More on that when we get to vampires. All right. <laughs> Moving on. But Insidious 2 is one hour and 46 minutes long. Okay. It is PG-13. It has the same writer-director duo of James Wan and Lee Whannell, who were coming off of uh, the first Insidious and the first Conjuring. Okay. 
when this came out. Huge movies. Uh, this has a shitload of the cast from the first film returning. I'm just going to throw you out some names. I like that. Rather than having... Be, if it starts exactly where this one picked up, which I would hope it would, it'd be weird if there were some cast changes. They All just, right. uh, different people played the same characters. So Patrick Wilson, Rose Byrne, Barbara Hershey, Lynn Shay, Ty Simpkins, Angus Simpson... Lee Winnell and Andrew Astor all return playing okay. the roles they played in the, the main first film. Right. The entire family's back, including that squalling ass baby. <laughs> that damn baby. Right. All of the demon hunters or whatever they are are back. The ghost hunters are back. Um, adding the new characters to the mix, we have Steve Coulter, who plays Carl. Carl? Carl. He's fun. He's in Yellowstone, so. If we watch this with your mom, I fully expect her to go oh, the she entire will. time. Where have I seen this guy before? I yep. know him from something. I know him from something. It's Yellowstone. Yes. He's also in Watchmen, the movie Watchmen. Um, Jocelyn Donahoe shows up in this movie. She was in House of the Devil, which is a fantastic horror film. Okay. She's also in Doctor Sleep. Uh, Lindsay Seam was in St. Agatha and Blackbird. And then we get... Danielle Basuti and Tom Crane. More on them. Tom Crane. When we come back from watching the movie. Okay. So, um, I know before we get into showing you the poster and get you to... Cry. Figure out what's going to happen. Oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, oddly, this mm-hmm. is the one Insidious film that I believe is on Netflix. Ooh. <laughs> the first one is not... This one is? Okay. <laughs> that's weird. I mean, do what you got to, but that's weird. Right? Okay. Sorry, I guess not. So, you remember the tagline for the first one was? No. It's not the house that's haunted. Okay. Yep. How about this one is? It will take what you love most. <laughs> and it's the woman and two of the three kids. Where's the third? Um, and she's holding a hammer. And her engagement and wedding ring are featured prominently so this is going to be her trying to get the bad spirit out of her husband and save her children okay i i just want to know why they wrote a baby into the movie right if they just constantly have to find ways to get the baby to not be in the movie the movie because they, they needed to have the baby monitor for that one yeah, scene. Yeah, the baby just exists so they can have creepy moments with baby shit. Correct. That has nothing to do with the baby. <laughs> right? The minute, like, anything crazy is yeah. like, someone's like, take this fucking baby and get it out of the movie. And she runs off. Yeah. Like, Barbara Hershey's like, I'm going to take the kids to my house and just leave them unattended. <laughs> I, but what was the first thing I said? Where's that baby? Where are the, where are the kids? I get, got, you know, and she doesn't even say, like... The kids are with Aunt Fran or, you know, something, just anything. The kids are with Tony's parents or whatever, just something. It's just, she just says, I came as soon as I heard. Where are my children? Who are you? Why are they not with you? I don't know. I feel like in that situation, I, it wouldn't even register. I'd be like, okay, um, I just saw a demon. That's <laughs> <laughs> where you and I differ. All right. <laughs> Oh, this movie. So we're going to watch this movie now. Chapter two. I will say before we go, mm. if you are wired like I'm wired. I am not. And you forget about scares. Like, if you're a person who loves 
continuity and loves watching movies or television shows or comic books or any sort of media. Any sort of thing. Locked together in a beautiful puzzle piece where you're like, oh my God, this movie does that with the first film in a way that makes me so happy on a visceral level. Just on a level of continuity love. Wow. Like things... Oh my god, you're gonna yeah, you'll see. I'm All right. excited. I'm so excited. And I am not. Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. Cheer up, buttercup. Oh <laughs> I'm gonna be at grandma's house for a little bit. If I Nothing's gonna bother us. Not anymore. We have our son back. We are a family again. Is in the hallway. Is there something wrong with Daddy, Mom? Whatever it was that was haunting my family, it's not done with us. place to get our son back and something evil followed me get out of my head there's someone standing in front of you he's talking to you what's he saying he's got your baby 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 Hey, we watched Insidious Chapter 2, which I don't think they were clear enough about that that was the full title. Um, well, well, what did everyone think? It does get the Insidious title, like the screaming violence. Yes. And then the Insidious. Chapter 2. And then it cuts, and then it just says Chapter 2. Very softly on screen. So Yeah. There's haunting, screeching violins. It's haunting and it's annoying all at the same time. Thanks, Bernard Herman and Psycho. Uh, yeah. For making that the gold standard <laughs> of scary movie. It's effective. Uh, instrumentation. It's uh, effective. So. I, I think before we, we really get on a roll, I, uh, this movie is about possession. Yes. And we have a possession of our own that we're fighting right now. We're dealing with some animals that are losing their minds. So we're not sure why. There are two dogs who are 
freaking out um, and we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to deal with that on the side so if you hear um, what sounds like uh, the wailing of two cats in the middle of the night it's just two dogs that Hyper feel like they don't get enough attention or whatever dog they're just out of control today I'm not sure what's wrong I don't know okay um, so insidious uh okay this movie was about finding out how to get well first finding out that the father spirit is not the spirit inhabiting the father's body and then how to bring him back that's what this movie was about (laughs) i'm sitting across the table from you and that that explanation confused me (laughs) No, it's about, like, they have to, well, I was just going to say it's about trying to bring back the father from the nether, or whatever it's called. Further. Further. I don't know why I can't remember that. But it it's more than that. It's also. It's on brand. <laughs> but, it's all, but it's also that they they don't realize that it's not him for a minute. Like, it takes half the movie to figure out that it's. Or two-thirds of the movie to find out that it's, oh, that's really not him who is in there. And then the last act of the movie is getting him, figuring out how to bring him back. Yeah. Uh, IMDb has, the Lamberts believe that they have defeated the spirits that have haunted their family, but they soon discover that evil is not beaten so easily. Mm. Uh, So here's the thing with this movie. It does pick up immediately from where the last one left off, right? Like, in the moment, mm-hmm. uh, like to where they find Elisa's dead body. Yes, they come in, they freak out. Josh There's comes in, the police investigation. Yeah, it's a whole thing, and then they she sees the picture of the bride in mm-hmm. black, who's possessed Josh, but it, she, it, where it's not him. Right, she just sees that. She thinks it was one of the ghosts that was there during the time. And then the police mm. later on do the, their investigation and the fingerprints and everything do not match his. That's right. So I don't know how that works. I was about to ask that. I was going to say, is that what does that mean? Mm. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> not sure how that works, but that's a thing. That's a thing. That alleviates some of the stress of like, is he like in her head? Did he murder her? Did he not murder right. her? In fact, that's what she said. She's like, oh, you don't know how much I need to hear that. Thank you so much. This movie, well, let's finish talking about it. I'm I'm jumping all over the place. All right. Essentially. One of us has to be grounded and it's not going to be me. There are two stories going on in this movie. Right. There's the family dealing with the possessed dad. Mm-hmm. Finding out he's possessed, dealing with that, dealing with his, you know, his movies, all that comes with having a possessed dad. And then Barbara Hershey, me, it's not good, goes off with Specs and Tucker, and they meet right. Carl, who used uh, who, to be Elisa's friend, who worked with her before, who was part of the initial investigation yep. into Josh when that he the was movie, a kid. That the movie opens with, right? Um, um, and, yeah, and then they're doing a whole investigation into the bride character and, and you find out that it's a man who was forced to be a woman and by gender, his mother yeah. and forced to help murder all these women yeah. dies by suicide becomes that character who was they i believe they were a serial killer in real life before they died yes um before that's Parker how Crane i think died that yes that he killed all these people because yeah. he had this you know forced on him and then the scene i think that caused you the most 
freak outage mm-hmm. when we first saw is whenever they moved the bookshelf in Parker Crane's house, and it's just it looks like a church. Oh yeah, the pews of all mm-hmm. the dead people under mm-hmm. the sheets. No. And Cindy was like, "Oh fucking no. here we go. No, here we things go. are about to happen, and yeah. they did, and they did." Hmm. So it's Parker Crane who's inside Josh Lambert's body. Right. And he had a psycho mother who dressed him in, you know, uh, the gender that he did not identify with and um, kind of for and forced him. And then he kind of snaps and then she forces him to kill people. Yeah. And this movie, basically, the climax of the film is... You've got Josh, Carl, who thinks he's dead, but is not. Right. Elise, who is dead from the first Correct. film. And the further, fighting the spirit of Parker Crane's mother. Right. While Parker possessed Cr- Josh. Is possessed by Parker, Parker Crane, Crane. Is attacking his family. Very right. Shining-esque. Yes, and very Shining-esque. Very shining Even I caught that. And the people that he's fighting there are his wife, Renee, his two, right. his two boys, the baby just is again, yeah, again, just there. So you have, have creepy baby, baby shit. Just because they needed an intercom. or And that fucking little roller bassinet thingy that they keeps making noises that you yeah. put her in the little jumper. Uh, thing, the, it's a walker. I think it's scary as fuck. <laughs> well, I'm never going to look at a walker the same way. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that baby just exists so they could be like. Here's some gags. Ugh. Here's some horror gags with yes. some baby shit. It, it, yes. Because every time there's like ghost shit, they're like, oh, the baby's just gone. Like, and it's baby out of the, movie. the baby is there. It's, it's, it's a pure, we need to have um, a speaker system in the house. We need to have something that he does that, you know, can move and make noise on its own. I think now with like Alexa and shit, you could, you don't need a baby intercom. You, I mean, the reality is. I've used a baby intercom for more than just when I had kids, when uh, grandparents were ailing. You know, I'd have one downstairs, one downstairs, one upstairs. Like you use them for all different kinds of things, but in this movie, it's just for this baby that's kind of there sometimes. Yeah, I think the baby exists just to provide baby accoutrement. Yes, it's like here's a walker, that's what I'm here's saying. a crib, here's set pieces that we can design around. Plus, like, when you put a baby in Jeopardy... It, it kicks baby, it up a notch. I mean... The baby's in Jeopardy a few times. Ends yeah. up on the floor one time. Is taken and run away with one, one at but one point. in both movies, essentially, the worst you see is, like, someone just stands over the crib and, like, is looking down at it. And That's the worst. The baby terrifying. Also, the there's a flashback to that scene, and I freaked out again. Yes. So this movie does... It does an interesting way of recapping. I like the way it layers. It locks into the first one yes. in a couple different interesting I understand ways. what you mean by locking in now. Like they do the the sequence in the first film mm-hmm. where the door kept opening and the alarm kept going off. They explain that. It's because it was spirit form Josh right. breaking into the house to try to scare off the the one demon guy, the, the white-haired guy, demon guy, right? Uh, who was trying to get the baby, which we still don't understand why he wanted, but whatever. So, I mean, to kill it, I, I'd assume, but anyway, whatever. Or just um, jump into a baby, I guess. Oh, does that mean that all babies are at risk of something happening like that? I think happening? it's because it's integral to the plot and it makes <laughs> you scared, and it 
did. It was effective in that. It, the baby was written in as a plot device. Yep. The, and then it, it annoys me in reflection, but it scared the hell out of me at the time. So you win some, you lose some. Yeah. And then you have a basically a revert. The movie ends with a reversal, which is the, in the first film, the dad had to go in after the son. Mm-hmm. And in this film, the son has to go in after the dad. I call shenanigans on that BT dubs. What little kid can just lay down and just go to sleep? I could when I was a kid. You think while someone was like actively beating down your door, you could just crawl into a corner and go to sleep? Yeah, I don't know if it, if I, it was a thing where he had to go to sleep or knowing that he had the power to do it, he could just project Suddenly harness it. it? I don't know. You know? I mean... Maybe. Mm, maybe. It's a possibility... But I'm not, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not buying that. This I've been movie, thinking about it since we watched it. I think this movie's interesting in the way it's set up. I think it's interesting how it intersects with the first film. Okay. I think it has some really cool, this one's more of a mystery. Like he opens with the kid. Yeah, there's gosh, a lot of layering. And, and then he talks to someone and off camera and is like, I'll show you. And then mm-hmm. the door opens and then they're all freaked out. And then... And then way later, we find out that it was because adult Josh, because time is not a yeah, it's thing, a, it's flat. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey sort of it, thing. Uh, to quote, true detective, time is a flat circle. <laughs> he goes and visits himself as a kid because he, as an adult, he's been hypnotized to forgetting Correct. the bride. So he doesn't have any memories. So he has so to go back to... Kid him has to point right. the direction to the house that Park right. Crane lives in. I'll show you. Yeah, so that stuff is interesting. However, this movie is significantly less scary than the first film. Still scared the hell out of me, but okay. Yeah. I. I it's it, just it, the jump scares. The plot points and the downtime was very like, eh. But it... it mm. I mean, yes. Yes. But even the jump scares were not as... Terrify me. ...good. Yeah. Half of them were repeats. You know, of the first movie. So there's that. Uh, One thing that I do, and I was noticing watching this, is James Wan is really good. That's the director, right? Yeah. Okay. At creating a scene where people are moving through a house, and there's a lot of empty space behind them. And, and then that alone builds tension. Your brain starts looking and putting things there. And then finally, when you do see something... It's scarier than it otherwise Correct. would normally be. That um, yet, like the scene where she's going down the hallway, and then you can kind of thank see you for backing room. up and repeating that to make sure I caught that. By the way, appreciate uh, that. Yeah, you you see the the mom character, like Parker Crane's mother, just between one of the doorways in the background. Yeah, room. she looks like Emily Dickinson. That helped me to cope. <laughs> yeah i give my fears the face of famous I poets like, i like this movie i just i didn't like it at i don't like it as much as, as the much first one. i don't think it's I, nearly as scary as the first one like the right, first one that. is i think it's a legit scary movie mm-hmm. um this is sure. good i'm not saying it's a bad movie i enjoy this movie a whole lot right i, I love the continuity i'm you know me i'm yes all about the continuity i love the way it intersects in layers with the first film it just doesn't the scares don't work as well. It doesn't scratch the same edge. Gotcha. Right. And the bride is terrifying, but the lipstick demon. Was, yeah. Well, we also had at least two. Well, yeah, I guess we have two of this one as well. So, 
Uh, we talked with the f- last film mm-hmm. about how it's kind of like generational trauma, the idea of not addressing a situation and then passing it on to your children. Right. That gets addressed in this movie in the fact that the son has to save, save the, father. the father, thus stopping the whole situation yep. from happening. Right. It, the young will lead us. <laughs> <laughs> Very because poignant and true. <laughs> yes. The, um, Similar. Sound familiar? Yeah, this movie though reads to me more about mental illness. Yes, um, because I think to everyone who doesn't understand that Josh Lambert has a ghost inside him, mm-hmm. that his soul has been expelled from his body, and a ghost is in there. Just you know, a ghost of a serial killer. Yes, who wants to murder women and live again? Yeah, is operating. That was the only the mechanism. Yeah, um, that's his, what I got body. from that. People outside of that would, he would seem like he was mentally ill. Like yes. he was absolutely batshit crazy. And similar to The Shining, where is it ghosts or is it mental illness? Mm-hmm. It crescendos to, well, I'm going to murder my family. <laughs> Much like, yeah. That is apparently how all white guys break. Um, go, well, I'm going to murder my family. Can confirm. <laughs> yes. going to up that boop. And I think this movie plays, well, I don't think it's as scary as the first film. I think it plays in a different sandbox that is somewhat scarier. Yeah. The idea of not being able to trust the person that you family member or parental unit or loved one. Didn't clock that at all, but yeah, I could get you. Right. The idea of the core relationship of father and son is just fucked up because it's not it him it perfectly normal to me trying to kill his children and his wife okay so yeah, yeah. how is that not normal i don't understand <laughs> that's not fair <laughs> sorry cindy has an interesting backstory yeah anyway moving on her father is josh lambert <laughs> but crazier and never mind go ahead yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like being actively hurt by a family member, someone that you trust, mm-hmm. is, it's, it's fucking a, scary. It's a different kind of trauma, for sure, because it's, like you said, it's that foundational, everything is built upon it, so there's a chink in the foundation. Everything else, no matter how well it's built, is always going to be a little off, unless you get that shit fixed by a professional. Yeah. Now, what did you think, using that as like a framework for this movie, what do you think about the ending? Whenever he wakes up in his own body and he's like, hey, it's me. Oh, Kids yeah. Kids are like, oh, I love you. And he's like, love you. I'm it's so me. glad Trust this me. is like, over. Nightmare's over. Yeah. Um, there needed to be some. Yeah. There needed to be some. Is it you? Is it really you? Is it not you? Is it. There, was, there wasn't any like even Patrick Swayze ditto moment. Like <laughs> there has to be some way that he can prove like it's definitely me this time for sure. Well, he he knew about the song and everything. That was well, they didn't really go through that. Like they mention it, right? But then it's never kind of brought up again. Parker Crane Josh didn't know about the song, right? And that was the the song is what kept playing on various things: the piano, the walker, that kind of thing, the baby walker. Um, but then it was kind of dropped, and I thought that. A, I thought she would have recognized the tune a lot sooner if she had written it. Um, And B, it was just kind of, at the end, she just kind of says, oh, yeah, I should have known it was you. You played it so bad. It just, it was there to provide eh. 
a little bit of closure. I guess. What it put a pin in it. Whatever. So. So I assume next week we're watching Insidious Chapter Three. Yeah. Because at the end of this one, there's almost <laughs> it, it's right before the credits rather than after. We see Elise, um, Ghost Elise, working with Specs and the other guys. And I forget. And they are, Tucker. yeah, Tucker. And they're trying to fix other children or families who who are being haunted. Is that the right word? I think so. Haunted this way, and the, you see her go into this one house and this one family, and it seems like this is something they do all the time. And then she's like, "Oh." Oh, no. Oh, no. And then it cut. So it's like, oh, okay. You don't see anything. You just... The sound that you hear is the same sound that the lipstick demon made. So that's probably what it was. I assume that's where we're going with that. Yeah. But... I liked this movie. I liked it. It's a fun movie. I, I don't think it meets a lot of the criteria for an exploitation film. Agreed. Um, It's fun. By this point, it does feel like you're hanging out with people that you got to know really well in the first mm-hmm. film, so they get to rely a little bit on that goodwill. But it definitely has a lot of action, right? It opens yes. very quickly off the. It basically opens the climax of the first film. Yep, there's no um, nudity. Definitely not revolutionary. It, nope. It where the first film is very poltergeist. This movie has tones of poltergeist 2 and the shining like the uh, in the shining but specifically like you remember poltergeist 2 where he drinks the tequila and it possesses him oh yeah right yeah oh <laughs> so i guess family is assaulted by a scary old man with versus families literally chopping down a, a yeah. door just like family in the shining. is attacked by a scary old man in mm-hmm. both films mm-hmm. children with powers yeah. So, chapter three, I assume, will be, will follow, like, Elise and her team. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll Probably. find out next week. We'll have to talk about it when we talk about Fine. Uh, else chapter three. Uh, all, right. all right. Let me ask you a couple questions so we can get out of here. Okay. I will answer um, them. What was your favorite scare in this whole movie? Mm. Uh, I don't know. I did not like the church people thing. That was gross and terrifying. Did not like that. Did not like the very first one when she's going in towards the closet and then like <laughs> get shot out and cuts her arm. Mm-mm. I didn't like that. Um, my favorite scare might be mm. when Dalton <laughs> hears the voice come over the fucking tin can radio. Yeah. And then it's in the closet. Didn't like that. And didn't like that. runs out. Or um, when he says to Grandma, who's behind you? Someone behind you. Didn't like that. You know what my favorite movie of this whole movie is? What? Like, every once in a while I'll watch a movie and I can narrow down my favorite moment of the entire movie. All right. What was your favorite moment it of is, this one? You're watching this movie and it's so heavy with the possessed dad and, you know, family abuse and all this crazy shit. And you're like, I really wish this movie had a fun moment. And then he... Goes into the further and goes into their house from the first film. Right. And then Elise just shows up and then immediately just starts hugging everyone. And I'm like, nah, all right. Yeah, it's my favorite part of the movie. Is when she shows up and like oh, throws yeah. that demon away. And she's just like, well, hey. And just I starts was, hugging everyone. I was in a better place, but I came back when I heard you screaming. I fucking love Lynch. She makes me so happy. It was adorable. Um, I will say. Mm-hmm. 
if you watch the ever watch this movie again, keep this in mind. The young Lin Shea character. It's the voice of the old Lin Shea. Yeah, she dubbed it was very noticeable. All the lines. She dubbed yeah, so it was the old lady's voice and she dressed exactly the same, even with a little scarf. So it's like, oh, we definitely know who she is. Hundred percent. Yeah. Adorable, both young and old. I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, next week. Hold on. Oh, we have more questions. You watch this with your mother. Yeah. She seemed to really enjoy it. She loved it, which is wild. My mother loved this movie too. Oh, fun! So this is a good movie for el- the elderly Americans. I didn't call Mama Sap. Nope, didn't call her elderly. It's for people who like a good scare. It's for. <laughs> Even my dad was like, yeah, it's okay. It's a good scare. My dad's not a big horror movie person. I think that... Would you watch this with your kids? The teenager would like... This is one that he would like. In fact, I think he's seen them. Uh, way no hard pass with the 11-year-old. Hard pass. Absolutely not. Yeah. For so many reasons. I mean, it's he, I, I honestly think he'd be terrified of a movie like Pete's Dragon. Okay. It's a very sad... It's a very sad movie, Josh. I don't see what you're... Okay, go ahead. I'm not saying he wouldn't Pete's be... Dragon is so sad. Probably... Which version? I'll be your candle on the water. Did you see the new one? No, because I don't believe in... There's another one. There wasn't one without oh, Helen Reddy in it. It's so good. Whatevs. Anyway. It's so good. Join us for our children's cast. Uh, anything else to do with Insidious Chapter 2? I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered it. This okay. movie is... Ban- fun. Bananas and fun, but not as bananas and fun and crazy as the first film. Uh, well, so few are. I think it... it so few sequels in, are. You go in with the expectation of like, oh, it's gonna be a sequel. the yardstick, and then they never quite make it as scary yep. as the first one. But that's okay. It, it, it was scary. Yes. It had an interesting plot. Yes. It was multi-generational? Yes. What more um, can you ask? I enjoyed Carl and his dice. <laughs> we like your dice, Carl. <laughs> mother mother said uh, you were rolling your dice at the house today. <laughs> All right. Parker! What do I have behind my what do I have behind my back? What does Parker Crane have behind his back? Yeah. Um yeah, I, I liked Carl. It, it was, was a, fun. It was a decent movie, and I have a feeling we're not done with Carl yet, but Anyway, you'll have to tune in next week to find out. All right. Speaking of which. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Let's go. Until next time. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. Yay.